Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Throughout the course of this week, it's going to be a crossover between Locked On Devils and Raising Hell in New Jersey. So, joining me on today's show and also tomorrow's show is Jersey Joe. He's a good friend of the podcast. He has been a recurring guest and he is back this week to talk the NHL draft free agency, trade rumors, silly season, whatever the case might be. It is so jam-packed that it's going to be two full-length episodes. So here's part one today. Buckle up, everyone. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trade Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chalky, play-by-play announcer. Also, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And joining me on today's show, he's a recurring guest. He's a friend of the show, my man, Jersey Joe. And Joe, we have a lot to discuss in today's episode, don't we? Oh, absolutely. We're locked and we're loaded. <laughs> locked and loaded. I like to hear, like to hear the sound of that. Now, uh, Jersey Joe, I just want to ask your, your uh, opinion on something before we begin. So where do you think the New Jersey Devils are at currently? Because we're still a few weeks away from the draft. Obviously, after the draft occurs, free agency will uh, happen. Where do you think the New Jersey Devils are at in terms of just, you know, maybe competing for a playoff spot, particularly maybe a wild card, or maybe we should just stick to what we got and just see where the process takes us? Where, where do you think the New Jersey Devils are at? Because it, it, it's really you know, it's give or take for some people. Some people are saying, let's compete for a playoff spot. Others are saying, let's just take our time. There's really no rush. So what, what are your thoughts on that so far? Right now we're in the middle of the pack. So what that means is if it weren't for uh, all the crazy uh, COVID-19, you know, screening things that went against us we, and the goaltending, if it was a lot more healthier for us, Maybe we put a, probably would have been sniffing around the wild card spot easily, but because of those conundrums, uh, that made us near Philadelphia level, which was not good. However, Devils have plenty of cap space to make a move for, let's say, I'm going to say Billy Huso, but I know one guy who's coming up next says no, but. You got to take your risks versus your rewards. But I did a poll recently. Uh, Jack Campbell was the number one. So my question is, are you willing to spend $5 million on average to get a guy to bring in some stability? And how long do you want him for? So I'd say give him at least three years, five mil. So yeah, get would... back to some sort of normal. You're right. Uh, one Definitely one of the uh... – main things going into the offseason is goalies. That's something we definitely need. Um, I'd say more for depth as well, just so we could get more <laughs> consistent scoring. But Huso is actually very interesting because Huso uh, actually did a silly season discussion on, on potentially getting his services. And I said, this probably is the one of the more realistic goalie options for the Devils. But here's the problem. He, ha he doesn't have that much NHL experience. Like, I don't have much to, to go off of him. But 
you know, the fact that he does have playoff experience does help a little bit. But here's the mm-hmm. thing. Like, I don't I don't know, like, what to think of him. Like, has he even played in 20 NHL games? Like, that, that would be taking somewhat of a gamble. But, you know, if it's like one, two years, that's all right. But at the same time, it's just like he doesn't provide the stability, nor does he really provide, like, um, mentorship towards Mackenzie Blackwood. But he has some experience, not a lot. But Huso is interesting. So what do you got on Huso? What do I have on Huso? In the analytics, he's a very good, reliable goaltender, especially on even strength. Now, if you look at Huso, he actually was under Dave Rogalski over in St. Louis. And who was over in St. Louis? Martin Berder, when he was the assistant GM under Doug Armstrong. Now, there are a couple of dots being connected there. So would Scott Clemenson also play a role in this? Possibly. I can see that uh, lining up. Now, when I watch him in the regular season, he's very calm, cool, collected. But what about the team in front of him? Uh, St. Louis was okay, but they let him dry out. Playoff team. Playoff team. That's more we could say. He was getting used to being in the playoffs, and he's just a step ahead in his – development as an NHLer and Nico Dawes can't say that um Blackwood would love to have that but would, you know injured only you know time will tell if he gets healthy again but the problem is I have with Rindley, with Lindy Ruff is why don't you give him a break when you get someone like a Huso or a Vonacek or a Samsonov so that's a, those are a couple other names I think the Devils should visit. Yeah, so I actually did a, a silly season discussion on Vitek Vanacek as well. He's going to be a restricted free agent. And uh, one of my colleagues uh, at Locked On Capitals basically said, you can have Vanacek for, you can, you can have him. What? So I, I, you know, my thing uh, with Vanacek is that, you know, he, he similar to Huso hasn't been in the NHL all that long has definitely played in more games. But the, the thing is, is like last year and this year, when having to perform in the playoffs, he doesn't show up. Now I get, I'm a few steps ahead of the curve a little bit. I know that, you know, why am I talking playoffs when uh, the devils are, haven't been to the playoffs in a couple years and, you know, probably won't make it next year. But at the same time, I'm, I'm just thinking about every, possible avenue so what if the devils do get a wild card spot what if we do make the playoffs and we we need to rely on him and he doesn't show up now obviously you could say the same thing for Mackenzie Blackwood but ultimately this is just what I'm thinking like I I said the three criteria for a goalie I want stability I want someone with experience and I want someone who can act as a mentor I don't care if it's a starting goalie I don't care if it's a backup goalie like I'm not trying to be picky in that regards but my overall thing is just like, you know, th- those are things that I'm taking into consideration when looking at a goalie. And while Vanacek and Huso, they perform, you know, respectively during the course of the regular season, come playoff times, they take a couple steps back. So I don't know how to feel about that. Like, you know, th- th- that's where I'm a little hesitant or drawn. Right. That's that's the problem with this goalie market is that you're only s- subject to those UFAs and RFAs, if you're willing to trade those uh, assets for those rights of that player, depending on their uh, expiration. So the Devils should visit maybe if, you know, 
Anaheim wants to go into a full-blown rebuild, then you visit John Gibson. But you got to think about the cost basis. Do you want to do what Lou Lamarillo did moons ago and give up your second overall in our case now? I would not. I would absolutely not. I would do not want to repeat history in a negative fashion. So I, one of the examples I brought up was like, do not use a second overall pick to trade for a goalie. Don't, don't do that. Never, never. Because look, uh, the example I gave was like, look, Carey Price, I, I know he's a fan favorite out in Montreal. I know they love him out there, but the fact of the matter is he's getting up there in age. He's on the other side of his better days. They did expose him in the Seattle Kraken draft last year. He eats up a lot of money and you know, mm-hmm. the Montreal Canadiens direction they're trying to go in and, uh, look, any Montreal Canadiens fans out there, because they, they gave me so much crap for my Cole Caulfield take. Look, <laughs> look, look, for any Montreal Canadiens fans out there, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just saying the facts, which is Carey Price is up there in age. He's on the other side of his better days. He does eat up a lot of money. And the Montreal Canadiens are trying to go in a different direction in terms of their overall rebuild. So I know he's a fan favorite. I know he's given you, you know, years of, uh, you know, great production. I know he basically willed your team to a Stanley Cup finals last year, but Here's the facts. You're going to have to maybe give up on Carey Price just to shed some contracts, just to, you know, free up some more cap space because the cap space for the Canadians last time I checked is essentially zero. So, you know, but Mm -hmm. would I use the second overall pick to trade for Carey Price? No. Hell no. Exactly. Because like he's up, like how many productive years is he going to give us? Like, whereas if we were to draft someone like uh, Uri Slavkovsky or maybe uh, Cooley or, uh, Nemish, what, whatever the case might be, they can give us like, you know, way more time than that in, in terms of their overall development, even though they're not goalies, but still, you know, they, they can still be centerpieces for the organization. So, you know, it's just like, I, I, I the example I, I, I thought of was like, remember we traded the ninth overall pick for um, Corey Schneider and how did that turn out? Bad. Yes. And where's Corey Very Schneider? Very bad. Where's Corey Schneider now? Don't worry, there's still more in store with Jersey Joe. But before we continue, I want to bring you guys the first live read this morning. And it comes from our partners at Athletic Greens. It's literally a product that I use every single day. The reason I started taking AG1 was just because I wanted to be happier. I wanted to be healthier. I needed a better sleep cycle. So what is this stuff you might be asking? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. So here's the thing. It's lifestyle is very friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free or gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good, supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's one thing that's uh, best about Athletic Greens is that it uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. Here's the thing right now. You need to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply 
of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel plaques with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And now the second live read comes from our friends at bet online. So bet online is your number one source for all your sport betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL conference finals, or now it's going to be the finals. Congratulations to the lightning and avalanche. MLB and of course the latest fighting news and MMA and UFC boxing. BetOnline is your source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the transaction where the game starts. Is BetOnline. So back to our discussion with Jersey Joe. Take it away once again. And I will say this: rule number one when you're a coach, do not run a goalie into the ground. Don't overplay your goalie. Let that goalie have a day off or two because you can talk to Chico Resch all day about it, but your lower body's everything, especially uh, Schneider had groin problems and lower body problems. So that's just a fact. And look at what happened with Blackwood uh, not we long ago. Them. We overused them. Yes. And there's a term I call it. It's called Schneideritis. <laughs> So basically, you overwork your goalie, and um, they they try to be productive, but ultimately you're 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 putting a lot of mileage on their body, and ultimately their their body just gives up on them essentially. And you know, like look where Corey Schneider is now. Look where Mackenzie Blackwood's career is going. The Devils really need to get a solid goalie. We we cannot just like you know. I know we tried going for like Corey Crawford. I know we tried going for Jonathan Bernier. So I'll give the devils that credit, but ultimately we need, something's got to change because I don't think Jonathan Bernier is going to be the answer next year. Now I think he has one more year left on his contract. If I, if I, if I'm not mistaken, remember correctly, he's still on LTIR. Okay. Okay. So there's, it, it technically doesn't count against the cap, but once he comes off it, it counts. Okay. So if you look up cat friendly, you should say that right there. Okay. So let's just say hypothetically, he does come back. Let's just say he, he wants to do it for one more year. Maybe move. Would it be out of the realm of possibility to move uh, someone like Jonathan Bernier to maybe third string goalie? think he would accept that role. I would take him over John Gillies and Andrew Hammond any day. Well, John Gillies and Andrew Hammond, I don't care where they go. They just can't, they just can't come back to New Jersey. Like, you know, I wish them the best, but bon voyage, like, uh, <laughs> don't come back. Au revoir, bonne nuit. <laughs> what, what was that, French? Yeah, it means uh, goodbye and good night. Huh. Uh, uh, anyway, I don't know if people know this or not. We're recording this episode a week in advance because I will actually be going to uh, to France. So just just putting that out there. So just, just that disclaimer, because I forgot to say at the beginning of this episode, we're recording this a week in advance just because like I said, I'll be I'll be on the other side of the, uh, of the world, so so looking forward to that. But anyway, back to goalie discussion. So, uh, what did you think of Nico Dawes? Like I just said, like look, what what else would were you expecting from him realistically? If we're if we're being honest with ourselves, to be fair to a lot of the listeners, um, I didn't expect Nico Dawes to jump right in this year, but because of COVID and because of injuries. He actually proved to me that even in the shittiest of seasons, even in the hardest of times, 
he's shown up in a lot of the games where it really didn't matter for fans, but it mattered for him in a future job. I could see him. If he can win, what, 10 games for a shit team? Um, yeah, yeah, something like that, something like that. If, look, if you can win close to 10 games on a shitty team, your winning floor is 10. And you should be looking at maybe 15 to 20 wins for an average team. You get closer to a middle of the pack. So you have a support group in the defensive core where I see guys like Muhammad Doolin, uh, maybe Luke Hughes does sign. I'm not trying to break any news or anything like that. I'm projecting that I'm projecting. I'm just projecting that. I think Luke Hughes will sign his entry level deal come mid season, because I think he said that he wanted to spend two years at the university of Michigan. So I think uh, this year will be his last year uh, as a Wolverine player. And once their season ends, I, I didn't fully expect for him to sign his entry-level deal. This is not breaking news, but um, Victor Hurtig recently, uh, one of our uh, late-round picks from last year's draft in 21, uh, committed and is going to be playing at Univer- University of Michigan State. So he's going to be playing for them, for the Spartans. So, uh, oh, oh, just, just since I'm from Michigan, I can tell you this. It's not University of Michigan State. It's just Michigan State. I, I still look at it as a university. I mean, it's a, it's a nice school. Oh, here, here's the thing. It's Michigan State <laughs> University, not University of Michigan State. Michigan State University, <laughs> MSU. So, um, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Because any of my, I think any of my, um, a- anybody who's from Michigan who listens to this will probably like, you know, get on before it. But yeah. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a Rutgers guy, so. Uh, I'm a big fan of Rutgers, so I it's the it's like the College of New Jersey, but it's really Rutgers University. So uh, just throwing it out there, it's a Big Ten thing. So yeah, because there isn't there, um, uh, there. I think there's another college. Is is it literally just called New Jersey College or something like that? Or uh, TCNJ, the College oh. of New Jersey. There we go. There we go. Literally, the literally the farm system of teachers. <laughs> or. Um, or let's see, uh, Princeton. Princeton is another one. Princeton I, University is a, it's the only D1 uh, hockey school uh, in NCAA D1 for New Jersey as we speak, unless uh, Monmouth University does something big. But anyways. Oh, wait, wait. I, I know. Say this. I want to say this. Um, I, I, I don't personally know the head coach for uh, Princeton, but he has association with my alma mater, Adrian College. And I'm actually, oh, I'm at yeah, because he used to be a coach uh, at Adrian. So, uh, and I'm at, and his daughter actually goes there uh, currently. So I'm actually friends with um, with his daughter. So she's a really nice person. So I just wanted to put that out there. A little, a little ties to the Garden State, even closer. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. I'm, I'm I'm trying to get him on the show. I've been talking to uh, his daughter. <laughs> well, about welcome that. him on. Um, but I'm trying to, trying to. Not to be off topic, but I mentioned, you know, MSU is getting a really good big shutdown defenseman in Victor Hurtig. Right. And this is good for his development because he's coming over from Sweden and he's going to get used to playing the North American ice. And maybe within two to four seasons, you probably see him 
uh, either in the AHL or maybe he goes to the NHL for the Devils. And the Devils have a good amount of uh, big defensemen. And it's going to only be a good problem because when you graduate, I don't mean, you know, you, the players, the prospects. Uh, the Muhammadulins are going to graduate up. You're going to have the Bukoyeviches. Um, You're going to have the balls of the world uh, graduate, the Sasquatches that are going to come up and take over these positions that one day Ryan Graves might not be there long-term. So you're going to need to have these guys uh, take over, especially when Jonas Siegenthaler is no longer capable down the road. So this is a good problem to have for the New Jersey Devils. So the more they bring in these uh, prospects, the better off they will be. And I know fans want to win now, but they're in the process of building a beautiful garden that's a lot of uh, beauty and some excitement to look forward to because the seeds are starting to take. It's just a matter of time. And will this be an annual thing or a perennial thing? As a, well, here's the thing. The New Jersey Dells are one of the biggest teams in the NHL. So in, in terms of height and weight, uh, in terms of average height and average weight, they actually rank in the top 10 in the entire NHL. So they're one of the biggest teams um, out there. So it is definitely a good problem to have because we definitely need that assertiveness on the defensive side of things. And I feel as though um, the organization is heading in the right direction when it comes to just developing our prospects and just just trying to, you know, uh, get them ready for the NHL level. So I, I totally agree with you in that in that regards. It, it is definitely a good problem to have. But speaking of prospects, we can't talk about prospects and not talk about the second overall pick. So mm -hmm. you, said you, you said you got your notes. And I know you've been uh, listening to some of my silly season discussions. I know uh, you've been seeing it on Devil's Twitter sphere, whatever the case might be. People just throwing out my commentary. <laughs> yeah, throwing out these offers left and right, whatever the case might be. But um, I know we've talked about that. It's highly unlikely the New Jersey Devils would trade the second overall pick because it is the second overall pick. But ultimately, is there a trade package that you have in mind that involves that that pick? Like, is there something that you could just say, you know what, if it involves the second overall pick, I'm down with it? Well, first off, if they're going to give us something substantial, you would have to give me, you have to give me the touchables, the untouchables to become touchables. I would want very dearly, you'd have to give me, I'm not joking with you, you'd have to give me Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Oh, oh, no way. Now, if I'm on, you, and look, you, look, if I'm, if I'm Edmonton, if I'm Edmonton, if I'm Edmonton, Hang up the phone. L listen, that's how I value this number two overall pick. I'm not going to go for a Corey Schneider deal. I value this long-term than I do short-term. My father is a financial advisor. If I am looking to invest something, I look for the long-term, not the short-term gratification. Why? If you look at value of a prospect like a Slavkovsky or Shane Wright, a Logan Cooley, you're looking about not just the now, 
what about tomorrow? What about five years from now? What about 15 freaking years from now, people? Think about it. That's why I said, I, that's why I said trading away the second overall pick to the Montreal Canadiens uh, doesn't make sense because I don't want to get them back to back. You know, I don't want them to go back to back, you know, first and second. It just doesn't make sense in that regards, just because like they can get uh, Shane Wright, they could get Uri Slavkowski, they could get Logan Cooley, whatever the case might be, whoever they would hypothetically draft with the second overall pick, because I've been hearing rumors saying that the the Canadians are very intrigued with Slavkowski. But the problem is like you can't really draft them number one just because the consensus pick is Shane Wright. And usually when, you know, the consensus pick is this said player, you have to draft that player number one more times than not. Like I'd say 9.5 times out of 10. That's just how the first overall pick works. But um, ultimately, you know, it's one of the reasons why I said, like, you know, I don't want to do that cold call field trade or uh, things of that nature just because, you know, I, I get the kid has a bright future. I'm not trying to crap on him or anything, but it's just like giving the Montreal Canadiens pick number one and also pick number two just doesn't really make sense in that regards. But in, in terms of the Edmonton Oilers potentially giving away Connor McDavid, you know, they're going to demand Jack Hughes. They're going to demand they're going to demand Jack Hughes. They're going to demand the second overall pick. They're going to demand so much and we can't, we can't afford it. This is why I would say, okay, Edmonton. Okay. Vancouver. I get what you're trying to do with us. I'm not going to give up years of compound interest on a guy like a Slavkovsky. The devils need that big assertive guy. The, Problem is that the Devils never really have big enough wingers to put alongside of a, a Heesher or a Jack Hughes, besides a Miles Wood. And a Miles Wood is meant for the bottom six. And nothing against Bastion, nothing against uh, Fabian Zetterlund. But you have to, if Slavkovsky's there at number two, nine. 99 out of 100, I am going with Yorai Slavkovsky. Why? Because how many times are you going to find a guy of his size, his caliber, his potential? Did you also look at the player interview? Look at the character on that kid. Yeah, I think you sent me something. You sent that to me and Neil in our group chat, right? Yes. And it's not just the interview, but if you – look at the cryptic picture of the European scout that the devils have, who is responsible for Samu Salmanen and Victor Hurtig, the guy with the gray hair, and the salt and pepper beard. That guy is the head of the New Jersey devils, European scouting staff. This is why when you see those guys smiling and snickering in the background and you see Tom Fitzgerald lighting up, like he's just smiling and he's like, Oh my God, I freaking love this kid. And you can see the shine on his bald head. That to me speaks a million words and a million adjectives at once. And it means they really love the kid to the point that he's New Jersey bound if Montreal does not take him. So I, what I will take with a grain of salt is this. 
his attitude being very outgoing, I think to me, he sounds more like an, an Aquarius or uh, a Pisces. <laughs> and I just think his vibe as a player, to me, his size reminds me a lot of Yager. And the way he can shoot the puck and play physical reminds me a bit of Rick Nash in a way. But I could see him being kind of bit like a Hosa using that size. So he's he's got some really good edge work for a big guy. The only thing I would worry a little bit is just to work on his edge work. And I know the Devils have a really good training staff. And they got uh, Agnes Mugford, who will be doing more of the development stuff. Um, he came from the Toronto Blue Jays. And what does that have to do? It means the Devils are looking to invest in these younger players and help them grow over their uh, NHL careers. So that way we can build a winner and we're onto something good. We are onto something good. And uh, it's very uh, intriguing to see now going from prospects and draft, let's talk about potential players that could join the devil's organization. So, um, like I said, I've, I've been doing nothing but silly season the last couple of weeks, whether it be Tarasenko, whether it be Huso, uh, Debrinket, whatever the case might be. I just, I just love doing silly season episodes and just, you know, speaking these hypothetical scenarios that could potentially happen because I remember doing a Dougie Hamilton silly season episode last year and that, <laughs> that actually came true. So my question to you is let's talk, let's talk silly season. So uh, which player, do you have your eye on whether it be a trade, free agency, whatever the case might be? Okay, so if you want a, a near middle six guy who's really good defensively, that is a straight line guy, shoot, shoot a lot, who plays with a lot of heart, soul, and physicality, look across the Hudson. Get this kid from my town of East Long Meadow, Mass. His name is Frank Vetrano. And he played well for the Bruins. He's played well for the Florida Panthers. And the Panthers should have not have moved him because he would have probably brought them past, you know, a couple games versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think the Devils need a guy like a Frankie Vetrano. And I would absolutely entertain someone like that if the Devils need someone who's a little bit more seasoned. But, however, I have my eyes on a guy that's been in the playoffs, been in the Stanley Cup already, uh, Danton Heinen. He's someone who has a 78 overall uh, percentile uh, analytically. Uh, he's in the 71st uh, offensive percentile uh, analytically and 82% uh, defensive uh, percentile. So if you look at the way he's played over the years, he's an RFA and the Devils should definitely take a look at him and they should actually visit a trade. And, you know, the Penguins are going through cap hell. I would definitely visit that kind of trade. The Devils could move a few players like a Zaka for someone like him. Zaka is involved in every trade deal. At this point, the reason why we would like, you know, um, make him come back to the team because I think he is a restricted free agent. It's just because mm -hmm. we want to use him as a pawn in trades, essentially, because he is um, 
he has improved his draft stock just a little bit because he was able to have a good year last year, but this past season uh, kind of took, took a couple steps back. So Zaka's involved in every trade deal at this point. But at this point, what else do you have to lose? Pretty much nothing. Well, no. Why, why not? Why not visit it? I mean, a guy like him. Did you see him in the playoffs where Heinen was bringing the energy and the skill, crashing the net? You know, in the first round against the Rangers. I mean, it could have easily been the Penguins taking them in the first round, and had it not been for a goalie problem and maybe losing a few games without Crosby, but Heinen to me impressed me, and. He's just one of those guys I like year in and year out. Now, if we're talking free agency and Johnny Goudreau for some reason goes to the Flyers or stays in Calgary, I would honestly – That's a silly season. I know we're recording this a week in advance, but Johnny Goudreau is the one silly season discussion that I have not done yet, and and it's been an episode that's been um, asked of me to do. Like, people have been telling me, like, can you please do a Johnny Good uh, Silly Season episode? And it's just like, dude, it's, it's a little different because, you know, either he comes or he doesn't. Like, you know, it, it, he's, he, he has, you know, the ball's in his court. So my the puck is, is on his ice stick. So, yeah. 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 So it's just like, it's a little hard for me to do that kind of Silly Season scenario. However, you know, it's just like, if we were to get him, that's a big help. Like, and that's an understatement. But my thing is like, you know, would he realistically go to the Flyers or the Devils? I get that. What he wants to be closer to home, right? Is that what I yeah. recall? Okay, he wants yeah. to be closer. he wants to be closer to home. But why would he want to go to like the Devils and the uh, or the uh, Flyers? Because realistically, yeah, we're not really. Our only help hope is like to get someone big in a trade. That's my opinion. Free agency <laughs> might be a little more difficult because how do you convince someone to come to New Jersey and you know just sign long term and just you know help out i don't i don't know it's just like I mean, we we did it with dougie hamilton but it's just mm-hmm. like how do you get someone to come to new jersey that's my question well he, well i know this guy is a swede but he's a sniper and we need another nice winger to work with alexander holtz and philip forsberg i would pay good money for forsberg see it's for funny. at least five seasons it's funny you mentioned that because I remember watching the NHL draft uh, a couple years ago, 2020 NHL draft. And I, I think some of the comparisons that people had to Alexander Holtz was Forsberg, quite honestly. So I think that's what people were projecting him to be that kind of player. His of. ceiling. Yes. yes. Ceiling. Philip Forsberg. His ceiling. I mean, look, when, when I watch the NHL draft days, they say, oh, um, Shakir Muhammadulin, uh, Nikita Zadorov. Uh, that that's their projected ceiling. For me, the floor for a guy like Muhammad Doolin would be uh, Anton Volchenkov. Like, that's my floor. So if I were to say free agency, I am absolutely excited to go hunting after Phil Forsberg. I, I love the fact that he got, what, 42 goals this year? And the Devils already have, like, Sharon Govich, and they already have some up-and-coming uh, wingers, but they I'm need a on, I am banking on either Sharon Govich or Mercer taking their offensive games to another level. So here's some four players that I have basically have had my eye on in terms of just making a, a, a leap forward. So 
Tomas Tatar, Andreas Johnson, um, Dawson Mercer, and Yegor Sharangov. I'm banking on one or two of those players to take their offensive game to another level come next year. So that's going to do it for part one of today's episode. Thanks for listening. Continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode with Jersey Joe. Once again, part two will be posted tomorrow. Thanks for listening to part one. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. See you then.